the Mainly Plants podcast. I am Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist. You can find me uh, at Mainly Plants on any of the social media, or you can go to mainlyplants.com, or you can uh, email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. Any questions, comments, uh, anything you want covered on the show. Uh, so this week, I wanted to talk to you about an article I read uh, that, so, you know, typically on the podcast, we're going to be talking about nutrition and uh, the specifics of different areas of nutrition. You know, we've already gone over uh, protein and, and B12, uh, but I've, I read this article this week and it really, it really caught my attention and it kind of, uh, it, it, it uh, explores the other side uh, of, of plant-based diets, um, or I should say plant-based living not just the uh, nutritional benefits. It, it goes into the, the, the psychological uh, uh, components of it, which isn't something we're going to do a whole lot on this podcast uh, because it can get, uh, it's a kind of a slippery slope and uh, my focus is more to get people healthy uh, internally. Um, you know, if, if they want to explore uh, or if you as a listener want to explore, um, you know, the environmental benefits uh or the um, the psychological benefits, uh, et cetera, et cetera, about a plant-based lifestyle. That's great, and I'm I'm open to discussing that and talking to you about that. Um, but uh, it 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 can it, it is it is you know it's a path with many forks in it. So <clears throat> without further ado, uh, this this article that I read uh, was called uh, "Veganism is a tough." pill to swallow, and here's why. So it's it's based on um, uh, some research done by Melanie Joy. She is a PhD and an EDM. And uh, like I said, she goes into the mentality of, of why leading a plant-based lifestyle uh, is quote-unquote difficult. So the mentality of it is that we as humans are are naturally adverse to blood and killing and gore, uh, unless we've been desensitized to it. So the question's raised, why is it so easy for us to eat meat? And, you know, other other living animals, well, not living when they get to the plate, but at once alive. Uh, in, in, so, you know, in order to, to, to eat meat, uh, despite our aversion to blood and killing, we have to remedy this in our brains. And we have three options. We can change our values to match our behaviors, or we can change our behaviors to match our values, or we can change our perception of our behaviors so they appear to match our values. And that's basically what we as humans do when we eat meat. Uh, We're socially conditioned to this. So we can kill a cow and, and not really think about it because we're not the ones killing it, um, and we never imagine, you know, we, we never imagine doing this to a pet, our, our dog, our cat, whatever. Um, our attitudes and behaviors towards animals are basically inconsistent. Uh, you know, inconsistent in that, you know, we order a steak at a restaurant and not think really about the life of this animal. But, you know, if if somebody mentioned doing that to your dog, you'd be appalled. So it's it's a strange dichotomy, but it's it's normal to us. Um, you know, if, if we knew the, the process of 
of the of what goes on in a slaughterhouse and how that meat got to our table, it would force us to do three things. So our roles as, as consumers in the pain and suffering of another living being would be brought to our attention. And we would also possibly feel powerless to change it. And we would also have to question our position of our superiority over other animals or our, our perceived superiority. So we can either agree to do all those three things or we can refuse the information before we'd let it get into our brains. So she goes on to talk about the three ends. So we've been taught from childhood, right, that, that meat is natural, it's normal, and it's necessary. So those are the three ends, natural, normal, and necessary. So let's start off with normal. We adhere to social norms and and we, we avoid criticism because those are social norms. When in reality, those behaviors have been chosen for us and we don't really stop to question why our taste preferences take precedent over another species' life. So therefore, it's normal to us. We, we've been indoctrinated in it for so long that it's just, it's just the normal thing that we do. We don't really stop to think about it. The, the natural part of it is as things become normalized by us, they become naturalized. So our place at the top of the food chain was basically picked by us. Um, it, it's not, it's not you know, the, the, the reality of nature. If we were in the wild, uh, you know, carnivores would be eating us. We would have, you know, we'd have to run from, from uh, lions and tigers. Um, but we've been taught that, that humans at the top of the food chain is the way that nature intended it. When in reality, it's not. We, we have removed ourselves from the food chain because of, you know, our tel intelligence and, and technological advances. We don't have to be fighting for our life on a daily basis, or I should say, the vast, vast majority of us don't have to be fighting for our life on a daily basis from other predators. And finally, uh, necessary, the, the third N. Uh, because of the normalism and naturalism, we feel as though meat is necessary. In reality, um, the Academy of Nutrition and Diet Dietetics has actually concluded that a plant-based diet is healthy and appro appropriate for people at any age. Uh, and, and likewise, uh, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, their international counterparts have similar stances. So furthermore, there isn't a single medical or dietetic association that claims otherwise. Uh, there, there's, there's no nutritional or dietetic organization that would refute that a plant-based diet is healthy and appropriate for people at any age. Uh, the protein myth, uh, which is the most widely spread myth, um, you can hear about it in the in the protein podcast. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it's podcast number two. Uh, it's it's the widely most widely spread myth uh, about um, why we need to to eat meat. Uh, it's it's and it's just that it's a myth, uh, and you can hear why on that podcast. So so. Kind of building on top of this, right? There is this <clears throat> this myth of free will. Um, no one's forcing us to eat meat. 
right? That's that's where you know our we we assume our free will comes in. However, our thoughts, our values, our behaviors, our taste preferences, and all that are set in motion while we are still young and impressionable, and we're still learning what's right and what's wrong. So so it's you know before we are quote unquote free, for lack of a better term. So, you know, this free will that we have as adults um, is is constructed before we have that free will. If you're kind of following along, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, and 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 as adults, there is this constant coercion that's necessary to keep us on our meat eating, eating diets, uh, whether it's through authority authoritative figures like the um, um, that that nutritional pyramid. Or, you know, commercials that are constantly bombarding us with these dairy commercials. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there are a massive influx lately of uh, dairy commercials. Why dairy is so great for you. And it's because they're getting nervous because, you know, the facts are coming out and, and people are starting to investigate on their own. Um, but but I digress. So, so you know, this constant coercion is, is we're constantly being bombarded by this to pretty much stop us from from uh, skewing our thoughts outside of why we need meat and, and animal products. So, you know, in, in order to do this, we have to keep ourselves from having an emotional tie to the animal uh, or its feelings. You know, in order to keep eating meat and animal products, um, we can't let ourselves think about you know what's going behind what's going on behind the curtain <clears throat> um you know and and it starts off with the uh, objectification of of these animals so we view all these animals that that we uh accept as edible as an object so you know when you go to a farm you know they refer to the animals as it right it or or you know they but when you refer to your pets, you know, even, even, you know, the farmer's dog is referred to as a he or a she and they're named. But you can't, ref, you know, refer to the cow that's going to get slaughtered as, you know, well, that's just, you know, Bessie. Because then you, then you form an emotional attachment to it. Then you're killing something with a name and, and it's, it's a lot harder to do uh, mentally which in turn makes it harder to do physically. Uh, so you can't let yourselves as a meat eater, and I don't mean you with the listener, I mean, I mean you know, farmers or, or whoever is consuming meat, you can't, uh, you, have to keep your, you have to keep the animal objectified. And then from that, you get de-individualism. De-individualism, excuse me. So, so by looking at, these edible animals as a mass. We don't become emotionally tied to just one of them. And exponentially, uh, all of them as a grouping of ones, right? So if you, you know, were to look at each individual, say, cow on a, on a, on a cattle farm, um, then, then you're able to form some sort of emotional tie or, or bond or individualism with that animal. So there's this there's this necessity to to look at the herd as a whole as one not each individual cow as one uh, 
And then moving on, you get dichotomization. So animals are either edible or inedible. And our belief of where an animal falls lies solely on our beliefs, right? So, you know, there's <clears throat> there was a big uproar this this past year, it became very popular on social media. There was that that um, that that uh, dog festival uh, in Asia, I can't remember exactly where it was, where, you know, thousands of dogs are sent to slaughter because that's what they eat. And over here, it's it's like, how could you, you know, how could you possibly kill all these dogs and eat them? That's, that's horrible. It's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourselves. But that's, that's ingrained in their, in their beliefs. That's what they eat. For us, it's cattle. I mean, they're both intelligent beings or, or even pigs, you know, pigs and, and dogs are, are, on the same intelligence level, you know, pigs are even uh, thought to be more intelligent than dogs, but we don't bat an eye when, you know, thousands and millions of pigs are, are slaughtered. But if you replace the, the images of pigs with dogs uh, in our culture, in the U.S., uh, it's it's a lot harder to take. Uh, so it's, it's strange and it's tough to think about, you know, what if you were at... Uh, you know, a dinner at, at a friend's house and you're a meat eater and they bring out, you know, a big hunk of roast beef, right? And they're going to slice it up and serve it out to everybody. But right before they do that, the host or hostess says, oh, by the way, this is a golden retriever. Enjoy. You know, you, you kind of get a little sick in your stomach just thinking about it. But it's strange. Why, why would you get sick or, or cringe at the fact that it's a golden retriever, it's a dog, and not a cow or a pig or whatever the living thing was. It's solely in our beliefs. It's how we were raised. It's, it's you know, the information that we were fed since we were, li we were little, um, despite the information not really lacking any validity. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. So moving forward, you know, how do you how do we how do we handle this how do we go about and you know year after year there is an increase in people switching to plant-based diets um now whether that be for you know nutrition or environmental or animal rights um you know it depends on the person for me it was uh, a health concern first and then once i kind of did the research and and got more and more immersed into the plant-based diet and lifestyle, it turned into an ethical thing. And for most people, that's uh, I've heard it's it's reversed. Most, most people do it for the ethics and then realize that they feel much better, better not eating animal products. But, you know, you, you have to, you can't just shield yourself from the information. You know, you, you, you know if, you, if you sit down with a, a friend of yours at a dinner and they order a steak or whatever, and you ask them to think about, where that came from, you know, a lot of times they'll say, oh, I don't even want to think about it. Don't, 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 don't bring it up. I don't want to think about it because it's tough to stomach. And if they actually had to sit there and think about it, they might not order the steak or the burger or the pork chop or whatever. Um, you know, Paul McCartney actually had a, a great quote. And he said that um, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everybody would be, I think he said vegetarian, but replace vegetarian with plant-based, whatever. And that's true, you know. If, if you drove past, uh, you know, a cattle farm and those walls in, in the slaughterhouse were glass and you could see everything that went on, uh, guaranteed you wouldn't be eating much meat anymore. 
Um, you know, there's there's for people who live in California that listen. There is Harris Ranch on Route Five uh, between L.A. and San Francisco, and you drive, you can drive for miles, and all you smell is manure, and you see cows for miles, and you know if you stopped there and did a tour of the place, uh, I don't think you'd be sitting down to dine at the Harris Ranch restaurant afterwards. So so again, moving forward, um, you know, in the future, if we were to fast forward, you know, 50, 100, 150 years, however long it takes, uh, my, my personal belief is that there, that society will be in a, such a disbelief and disgust as to what we are doing right now uh, in terms of eating so many animals and, and, and the amount of animal food that, that we consume and, and the conditions that animals have to, you know, live in and, and, and replace live, but with, with, you know, be tortured in. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, comparisons between, you know, the, the slaughterhouses, the animal farms and the Holocaust um, and slavery. Now that's a slippery slope I don't really want to get into um, because it's it's a very touchy subject, but you know it's it's tough. It's tough to think about. And and if you sit down and, and do the research and look into it, um, you know you can form your own conclusions if if those are comparisons that are that are equal or or somewhat comparable. Um, but in in the same regard, these atrocities that are happening now are enabled by a population that refuses to bear witness, right? So so we as a whole, um, you know, America or or the even the world as a whole, we're allowing this to happen because we refuse to 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 look at it, to to sit down and look at the facts and see what's going on. And conversely. Revolutions are enabled by populations that bear witness and demand that that others do as well, right? So the only way to make these to make a change um, is to to view this information and and look and see what's going on and spread the word, which I encourage everybody to do. You know, if you if you want to sit and 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 look at the information and and you see you know the truth of everything that goes on and you decide to keep eating meat, that's on you. You know, that's that's it's your choice. You're an adult, you can do what you want to do, but it's only fair that you do the research and look at it. And and on that note, um, I'm, there's a there's a movie on on YouTube, and it's called Earthlings, and it's very difficult to watch, uh, but I think that it's important that everybody does watch it. Uh, it's if you've seen uh, Food Inc. and if you haven't seen Food Inc., watch that. Um, but it's it's a it's tougher, much tougher to take than than food ink. Uh, but you should know where your food comes from if you're eating this stuff. Um, you know, you wouldn't if I handed you something and said eat it, and you asked what it was, and I said don't worry about it, just eat it. You would question it. And this this you know the same same regard. You should know where your food comes from and know what your food goes through to get to you uh, from farm to table, right? So, um, you know. There's there's that old that old adage, you know, ignorance is bliss, um, but you know you can't just bury your head in the sand. So I encourage everybody uh, to 
to incorporate more plants into their diet. Do yourself some good. Do the world some good. Be plant-based for your health, the environment, and for ethical reasons. Whatever it may be, it can be one, two, or all of them. Um, But you have a choice. And your choice is to either remain uninformed or accept the information. And whichever we decide to do as a whole uh, will determine our future. So again, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, like I said, it's this type of podcast. We won't do a whole lot, um, but I thought that it was such an impact. You know, it was such an interesting article about getting into the psychology and, and how we're raised and and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, love your feedback. Uh, I'd love to hear what you thought. Uh, what positive, negative, whatever. Ryan at mainlyplants.com. Uh, you can go to my website, mainlyplants.com, or like I said, all the social media at mainlyplants.com. And uh, if you have a topic that you want covered, feel free to write in or direct message me, uh, and we will be sure to get that on the podcast. In the meantime, have a good one, and I thank you for listening.